four teaching friends from across the country. Who've discovered that if you don't laugh, you cry in the sight of your why. I'm Retta. I'm Deanne. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kathy. And we teach so hard. You know what's really hard? Getting a new class to engage in discourse. the beginning of a new school year. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was lukewarm. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and we, of course, have new pencils, new crayons, new kids. But I think we all have those moments when we look out into the new sea of faces and we miss our old kids. You know. The ones we had trained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ones who knew how to turn and talk. Uh, the ones who knew how to build off of each other's ideas. Yeah. Or knew how to disagree with each other politely. Oh, wasn't that wonderful? Yes. <laughs> or knew how to back up their ideas with evidence. Yes. Yeah. I think it's one of the toughest things about starting over with new with a new group of kids because sometimes you begin a learning activity only to remember that you can't expect the same level of engagement or thinking or discourse from your new kiddo, and you have to totally revamp your uh, plans. Yes, Ooh. we remember our kids mm-hmm. in June. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forgetting August. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how we build up those skills in the very beginning of the school year. How do we start that? It's time for Discourse 101. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) I think that one of my favorite things to do, I've written about it on my blog a lot, but I am a Making Thinking Visible thinking routine groupie, big time. Making Thinking Visible is a book by Ron Richart and Mark Church, and it's kind of representative of their research out of Project Zero of Harvard, and it has changed my teaching in classroom culture. So the first thing I go to is some of those thinking routines in those book, that book. They also have another one about eight cultural forces, and it's just so powerful. Um, so one of the first simple ones I start with is see, think, wonder. I want kids to talk. So I might put up um, a, a book illustration from a picture book that I've used with my kids, And I teach them, the first round is, what do you see? And they can only list what they see. Right, so no interpretation yet. No interpretation. No idea at that level. Just, this is what I see. And then I ask them, okay, what do you think about what you see? And that's where they say, you know, well, I think they're friends because they're holding hands. Or I think he's mad because of how the the illustrator wrote, drew the face. Mm -hmm. And then I say, okay, um, what are you wondering about? What are your questions? And so each time I do that, the first time, if it's if it's a class that, I mean, now we're a thinking visible school, so my kids know that routine that so coming cool. in. Yes. But at the very beginning, which is the case for a lot of people, if they don't know that, I do that guided routine. Um, you know, it's very teacher directed. But then I start to broaden it out and I ask them to do that in small groups and report back. Then I ask them to do it in partners. And then I might ask them to do it on their own in a graphic organizer. So routines like that, that are student centered and demand conversation and they're academically comfortable. 
Well, and I love using that at the beginning of the year too, because the wonder section really starts to validate kids' questions and not just mm-hmm. shut them down that there's only right answers, but also your questions are important. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. kind of sets the tone or the, the culture of your class. Yeah. And it's reassuring to know that that peace is coming. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's, a, there's another simple routine, like uh, it's called, and it's conversational. At first I thought, now I think. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I did that for years before making thinking yes. visible. That's a, it's a great technique to use. It is. I did something um, to get them to listen to each other. And I had to do this too. It was, we would go around the room, we would say our name, maybe something about ourselves or our birthday. Then the next person would have to say the person in front of their name, mm-hmm. just to and train the listening, right? all the way around the room. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would have to do it. And they loved it when I couldn't do it. I mean, that was really, really mm-hmm. hard. So I, I changed thing. it a little bit to, you know, just say the person's name or something, right, because right. that really was too much. But that was a fun one. Right. You know, even another one is like a, a cool twist on a think, pair, share. Which usually people groan, right? You right. hear them like, not again. Usually they do that in PDs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but the twist for kids, you know, because for kids, it's they're not in their short little lives, haven't experienced it 50 million times the way we as, have as right. adults. Mm-hmm. But but to just take the twist from, you know, you, you, you have your thoughts and you discuss it with a partner and then you share out. To, okay, Kathy and I are partners and Kathy shares her thinking and I share my thinking with her. And then when we share out, I have to share yes. Kathy's thinking. Yes. Yes. And Kathy yes. has Similar to share what I did. Yes. Mine. yes. And so mm-hmm. it forces listening. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's but right. then also how it connects. Yeah. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. That's really important. Absolutely. I love graffiti boards too, where everybody puts their thoughts about it up on the graffiti board. And then when it's share out time, one group, will present one graffiti board and tell us, you know, what other people mm-hmm. thought from mm-hmm. the other groups. That's fun. That's a real fun. Mm-hmm. And it's a real graphic way to represent thinking too. Kids love it because they can do pictures and symbols and, right. you know. And if you use words, colorful markers, clouds. it's even more fun. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. always colorful always. markers. Are you kidding? Yes. <laughs> I think too, like something having, I call them my rules of engagement. Um, and my, 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 my kids who are gamers, you know, they're all about that. Oh, but right. what are your rules of engagement when you engage with someone else, right? What are the conversational rules that you're going to follow? Mm-hmm. And you practice those rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and it always reminds me of mathematical practice number three, constructing viable arguments and critiquing the reasoning of others. It's like a mathematical standard right. of practice. Mm. Um you know, everything you're doing with discourse, I mean, this happens to be a mathematical standard, but it, it applies. It is right. such a powerful, these are powerful lessons that you're teaching your kids. At the They're lifelong the tools yep. too, because yeah. it, it raises a person who doesn't just react to what other people do, but they think about why that person mm-hmm. might have said it. Yes. They use some critical <clears throat> reasoning in in their daily life when they've been yeah. taught to do it in an early age. And it elevates every piece of learning they they do. Well, and it also gets them to be more articulate mm-hmm. about what they are thinking and why. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's not just because my brain told me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we know that it's not always about special strategies or activities. Sometimes it's about making the students thinking processes and your own transparent so that they can re- actually do a little bit of metacognition. What am I actually doing? Right. When I explain how I got the answer to this math problem to my seat partner, John. 
what what did I do there to explain it? Let's talk about that. Well, don't be put off by this. It's not really all that hard or as hard as it seems. You know, making conversation and discourse practices transparent is great and it's easy. Um, you know, one way to get you started is watch videos of conversations and dissect what the participants are doing and give each child, you know, his or her chance to um, make a statement about it and how they feel about what's going on. It's also fun to watch the videos with the volume off. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because you really can see, well, what, if you are listening, mm-hmm. what are you doing? You know, you're leaning forward. Your eyes are making eye contact. We can tell our kids right. that over and over, yeah. but until they actually see it and mm-hmm. experience it. Yeah. You can find some great yeah. videos of those conversations on the Reading and Writing Project. Mm-hmm. Um, they recorded a lot a lot of those. And again, you could do them with the sound on or the mm-hmm. sound mm-hmm. off. But you see yeah. how kids who are engaged in real conversations yeah. about reading and writing react. Even mm-hmm. to do a T-chart with them. What are the yes moves here? Yeah. What are the no moves? What do you not want to be doing? Mm-hmm. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Body image and language, rather, is so important. And they're not even aware of it. So many people aren't. Mm-hmm. Right. So, my, so many so my, fa- my favorite method for years yeah. and years was the fishbowl method. Put a circle of kids um, in the center of the room and everybody else gets in a circle around them and watches how they carry on a conversation. Yes. And then you talk about it later um, to make it a little higher level, a little more interactive. You move up to Socratic circles and the outer circle interacts with, with the people in this, in the fishbowl in the center. You know, and I, I was going to say too, you know, getting back because we have your interaction, but the body language says so many times, so much more than what you're actually saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, right. It's, and with fishbowl, you're objective. So you're sitting outside, literally just yes. watching what's going yes. on. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a lot different than being in the conversation and thinking, oh, no one's looking at me or no one's paying attention. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. hearing it from someone else. Is right. I didn't get a turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you can see who gets a turn and who doesn't and then talk about that later. Mm-hmm. And it's not so threatening as when it's your conversation, yeah. your yes. circle. Yes. I think what else is interesting too, I've seen people doing this. I mean, they're saying yes, but they're shaking their head no. Right. You see people talking yeah. or doing I it's yeah. just amazing. Well, in some me. in some cultures though, that is a that is a yes. That is a yes. When they shake their head no. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. See, some I'm learning. Cultures, that I'm is. learning, guys. These guys are great. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm guessing they weren't from that culture when you observed it, though. Yeah. Was, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. So another know. way, you know, I used to teach in a, a newcomer program, and so these were kids who whose grasp on English wasn't always the best. And and then you also have kids who who are neighborhood kids, but they have other learning issues mm-hmm. that make conversation and communication hard for them. So sentence stems can actually go a yes. long way. And I always buy like those decorative little mini sentence strips at the dollar store. Like I go and buy 20 packs for the entire school year because I use them for everything and they're bright yeah. colored and attention. Mm-hmm. And I will actually put the sentence stems on, there's a, there's a bulletin board or a closet door in my room and the sentence stems are always there, mm-hmm. always displayed. So it might be, I think because. Right. It's always adding that because. Right. Right. Getting them. Or why do you say that? I think I disagree with you because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole litany of, of sentence stems I use 
And it's a language support for kids. And then sometimes at the beginning, there might even be like a little cheat sheet bookmark that they have with those stems on it right. to right. practice. We actually mm-hmm. keep those in our book bags. So whenever we meet for readers workshop and they meet with their small groups or partners, mm-hmm. they have those readily available. Yeah. yeah. And I like to keep a page of them in front of their interactive yes. notebook if you're using Absolutely. those. Mm-hmm. And their math notebook because right. it's yes. part of that that practice. Uh-huh. And you can also use this as a writing Mm-hmm. Too. Oh, they can yeah. write, write how they feel about How do you yes. give feedback to a writing partner? Oh, yes. That's right. Great. right? Uh-huh. Because that's Not another type job. of discourse. <laughs> yes. And that's a hard oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. Writing is a hard yeah. academic yeah. Right. Constructive criticism kids. rather than, oh, that stinks. You but know? but it's, it's also <laughs> yes. hard for them to know what to say. Yeah. You know? Right. Because they don't have, they're not published authors and writing is just it's a difficult area Mm -hmm. well I'm sure it's happened to you guys because I know it's happened to me when other people will come in to observe and they're often very uh, flabbergasted at how the kids are talking yes right it's happened to me too right they'll often say they're like how did you do that or my kids can't talk my kids can't do that Right. Yeah. So yeah well, here, try this magic wand next right. time. Yeah, you can yeah. follow it. Yeah. And it's it called teach them how. Yeah. 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 It doesn't exactly. happen overnight. Exactly. It doesn't. And you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have times when you try some of this stuff, and you're gonna and it's gonna fall flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that happens to all of us, where yeah. you you just kind of want to go in the corner and go, I miss my kids from last year. <laughs> but the the thing is, but is your that, kids from last year weren't like that no, in the beginning. They didn't either. start out that way either. It's a process. It's a process. And. And so you've got to trust the process and you don't give up. You know, I discovered something. I had um, gotten um, Jennifer Saravello's um, new book oh, that's out. Her. And if you're not, if you've not discovered Jennifer Saravello yet, you need to. Yes. All um, of her books. Yes. All of them. They're worth every penny. So she published a teacher's guide to reading conferences. And one of the things, the resources she provides, it's an electronic resource because when you buy the book, there's a link where you can go to get extra resources, um, are continuums. And so there's a conversation continuum and you could use it as a self-evaluation tool for kids to evaluate where am I and how I have conversations starting at the most basic level, going to the most advanced level. And there might be four or five levels on a continuum. And, you know, I even toyed with, okay, what would that look like to have teach my kids that continuum and have them have magnets and they move them themselves. They, Mm. they self-evaluate after a conversation. Um, Mm. yeah. Or, and to have myself use it as an evaluation tool, where would I put them after listening in on this? Um, Yeah. So many different ways. So let's talk about this. You know, we know it's not all peaches and cream and we know that things you're going to fall flat on your face with this. So what happens when you have a class and we've all had that class that really struggles with academic talk? What are some specific things that we can do? You know, this reminds me so much of Back in the day, when, <laughs> when I was first teaching, you know, 30 some years ago, um, we had a lot of staff developments and a lot of things on the BICS and the CALP. Did you guys have any of that? Mm-hmm. So BICS yeah. is the basic interpersonal communicative skills. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes oh. our English learners mm-hmm. would 
be misidentified as being fluent because they had playground English, right? They could talk. They didn't have academic language, yeah. Right. And the CALP is the cognitive academic yes, academic yes, yes. language proficiency. Yeah. Stephen Krashen and, you know, all that. We but, use some um, WIDA and WAPT. Okay. Mm-hmm. But this kind of reminds me of, you know, this is the academic language. This is how even our English only students often do not have have this type of language. So sometimes you can teach thinking routines, give the conversation stems, give them strategies galore. And yet still there's crickets. Yeah. And a couple of times my kids had no idea what I was talking about, but I even said, Bueller, Bueller. (laughs) They didn't understand it, but I was like, hello everyone. (laughs) Yeah. And nothing makes you pine more for last year's kids than that silence. Mm. (laughs) Like, Oh, I wish they knew how to to talk. So what, what, what one do you do? thing you can do, especially at the beginning of the year is kind of tone down your wait time expectations. Mm. I think, especially when that silence grows and you want to say Bueller, yep. anyone, anyone Bueller, <laughs> you, you don't, you just wait. Let it and, get uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Even if it does get uncomfortable. They'll realize you're not going to move on. Right. Yeah, and then somebody might remember some little thing that you <laughs> mentioned Mm-hmm. That you know that was part of the academic vocabulary, and they might use it. Mm-hmm. It just brings me back to way back when I was in college, and um, those times that they used that. I, I would be in groups because I studied counseling, and like sensitivity groups, and there would be this wait time, this uncomfortable wait really time, uncomfortable. Yeah. and you yeah. really. You really do have to get it going, and I always felt like I had to start talking or something. But but that's why it works. Exactly. That's why it works. You want somebody else. You want a child, a student, to feel like they have to fill that space. Get that discomfort. That's so hard to do. It is because you yourself are uncomfortable with it. But but at the beginning of the year too, it's great because you really then start to learn your student personality types. Mm -hmm. Right? Who is going to start the talking? Who's going to still sit back? Yeah. You know, sometimes I do this, I use the silly, to me, they're the silliest little things, but I, goodness, as soon as I whip them out, the hands will go up. They want to talk. They want to share. Oh, the props. I use props. I do too. Okay. So yes, I use three props. I'll talk about two because one of them is common. The talking sticks kind of common. I think most people know. I have a collection of Beanie Babies. (laughs) <laughs> and I will go and I will pick out a beanie baby. And sometimes I'll ask a child because they know where the drawer is. Go pick out, go pick out your favorite beanie baby. And they'll bring the beanie baby out. And when the, as soon as the beanie baby gets out, the kids are sitting up. Because they want to catch it. They all want it. And, I've to- I and I toss the beanie baby. Oh, and when it. they get the beanie baby, they have to say something about what we're talking That's about. Awesome. The beanie baby goes back and forth. And if it smacks someone in the head, no one gets hurt. Right. It's not like Everyone a ball laughs. which bounces and then you've lost focus because... They're, you know, ping-ponging all over the classroom trying to catch the ball. Um, But doggone it, it works every time. (laughs) They want the Beanie Baby. Do you do that while you're in a circle or just as kids are in their desks? If I'm up front and kids are in their desks, I do it. If they're in a circle, I'll do it wherever. It works. And then the other thing I use, oh, my goodness, is I used to have a fancy little microphone I bought myself and, you know, and glittered up and I called it my American Idol microphone. And I do these funny man on the street kind of radio show talks and, and we pass the mic and I hold it in front of their mouth. Like I'm, you know, the paparazzi. Um, And now our district provided a sound system, but as soon as the mic comes out, they are all because they like the sound of their voice. So wait, you guys all have working microphones in your classroom. Yes. 
Oh, yeah, that's accommodations oh, that's for right. kids. I've had it when I've had, but everybody gets to use it. Oh, so that's great. Yeah. Oh, how fun. So we have one that we wear like on a lanyard around yes. our neck. And then mm-hmm. we also have one that's like, you know. So at all times, like, even you know, if you don't I'm have the voice. Oh, I'm on God. the voice and I'm getting ready to <laughs> belt out a song. We have that type of microphone too. And that can be passed and used. And so the kids, you know, but you know what? The, those cheapy little microphones that are all sparkly and glittery. I'm serious. Go buy oh, one off of Amazon for ten bucks and make a one. Styrofoam ball on a stick. <laughs> yeah, I've used fake ones watch. too, and they doesn't think, matter, right? And I started doing it so many years ago. There was this talk show host named Bill Donahue. I remember. Yeah, that. and he <laughs> used to. He originated this really. He would take his mic and he'd go out into the audience yeah. and he'd be talking the whole time about his subject. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he'd just hold that mic in front of somebody and wait. Mm-hmm. Or he'd say, help me out here. Can you help me out here? And I started doing that like in large group instruction. That mm-hmm. was how I'd introduce my microphone. Yeah. And I'd just go around the class and I'd find somebody who was quiet and wasn't raising their hand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Say, can you help me out here? <laughs> and to help you out, I mean, Phil was on to something. To help you out, um, they'll answer you mm-hmm. usually. It's not and them then, coming up with it, right? It's right. Helping yeah. the teacher. Exactly. <laughs> and then take it to morning meeting. Take it yeah, to small group yes. discussions. Pass it around because then they're comfortable with mm-hmm. it. And I think, too, like with okay. differentiation, when um, I have had kids who need more processing time. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that microphone or that beanie baby is just like, Oh hell no! You know what's happening, and so Ducking. and yeah. so one of the times, some of the times, you know, I will say I'm tossing the beanie baby to Kathy, but I'll turn to Retta and I'll say, "You're gonna be next." Yes, I always alert my kids, yeah. and I give, too. especially yeah, yes, when yeah. I by the time I've zeroed in that they need that warning. I give them that warning. That's so good. I never did that. So I they have to yeah. just startle them all. Because they're not just everyone's like, a quick thinker. And so they get yes. that beanie baby and they're like, oh, crap, it's coming to right. me. You, know? you don't want You're it to right. be a nightmare. Right. Yes. You know, and, at most, and, and here's the thing. 95% of the kids in your class are going to be just fine with that beanie baby. But there's always right. that little yes, cluster. You, you know, want to make it safe. Yes. Yes. Whoever yes. the yeah. class list fairies were. They usually gave me the talkers anyway. Yeah. Maybe I don't remember running into that. <laughs> yeah. So it was fairy. I love it. I think I was. I was go just, ahead, oh, Dan. Still on the no, you go. I was just going to say that I used um, some rewards, and I know I shouldn't have, but it was little candies, and oh, it would get that. them going. And I specifically used it to get them to go to the board and do like language questions. Mm-hmm. You know, the beginning of the periods. They're all raising. They loved it, but it was just because of the, um, the candy. Yeah. candy. At first, it is. Yeah, but yeah. they. You're and right, the, but they did learn. You know, well, it's like Pavlov's right. dog. Right. I've done the Absolutely. same thing with yeah. um with uh, the Jolly Ranchers, mm-hmm. and I would start out at the beginning of the year if I had a really tough class like that, and I use mm-hmm. them. But eventually, I wean them off that. Yeah, right. I don't need yes. them anymore. Couldn't well, even use class dollars from your class sure, economy. Yeah. I have a funny story about, about the candy though. That usually works for kids, unless you're my daughter, who came home from middle school one day and said, Mom, you know, I I answered a question and my teacher like threw or shoved the red vine bucket at me. And I told him, no, thank you. And everyone said, why? And I said, well, what do you mean? Didn't you want one? She goes, oh, they all put their dirty hands in there and middle school hands are in there. (laughs) So she wanted nothing to do with it. (laughs) Oh, it did it. not motivate her. Wrapped to speak. candy, please. Wrapped, <laughs> right? It's got to be wrapped. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, I think humor is important. Yes. 
I, I don't overlook humor yes. with, with it. Mm-hmm. But I also think that um, when you have a class, it's really hard. Keep just keep doing it. Keep yes. doing it. Keep doing it because sooner or later they're going to discover that what you're communicating to them is that their voice is important. Yes. And that you respect it. Yes. Yes. And when you show respect it and expect it also. And when you Mm -hmm. share that and you communicate that over and over and over again with those kids, it's trust. I mean, think Mm -hmm. about that. If you're in a PD and someone whips a beanie baby at you to to share your thoughts about what they just said, and you've been doodling in your notebook or you've been (laughs) sitting there thinking about when can I escape to go get another cup of coffee? Yeah. You know, and and what that feels like to you when you've got that beanie baby. Exactly. And or or ask, what do you think? And and you really don't want to share what you think because maybe it's not so good. Mm -hmm. You know, or maybe maybe you don't know what you think. So I think if maybe if you give, you give them the option to just not say anything and just pass it on to somebody you else. You can in the beginning, but yes. I think there are kids, and I've had them, who would say pass mm-hmm. every time. Definitely. I got a number one that. tip for yes. that, but it's coming up in the next segment. All right. <laughs> so because we're almost out of time, <laughs> let's share those number one tips. What do you do? What is it you want people to remember about how to get their kids talking? Well, I like humor, you know, try to just humor it out of them and, you know, get them to laugh, get them to say what's on their mind and let them know that they're accepted, whatever they say. Okay. Everybody get a pencil for this. This was one of the most important things I ever learned in all my years of teaching. If you're in the car, just remember it. (laughs) If you come up to a kid with your microphone, sometimes I called it the magic mic. We won't go there. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 the kid still says i don't know the most important tip anyone ever gave me was you say to that child what would you say if you did know mm-hmm. ah, good one good nine and a half times out of ten that kid's going to come up with an answer and there will be a good answer too because mm-hmm. very often it's easier to just say i don't know and you know get out of a tough situation that for you, if it's mm-hmm. tough, um, then it is to come up with something. Mm-hmm. So try that. What would you say if you didn't know? Mm-hmm. I'd like that reframing. That's reframing right of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think my number one is just that wait time. Yeah. Right. Once, once you've built that safe environment in your classroom and you give that wait time, even your quietest kids will start to interact and start feeling like they have a voice. Yep. For me, Mine is actually something I've I've not shared yet, and it just left my head. What is wrong with me? <laughs> what would you say if you could remember? <laughs> oh my word! Oh my goodness! What happened to it? Oh, um, yes, what? here it is. Yes. Those um, those those handy dandy little sentence strips I talked about before. Yes. So I might be in the middle of a lesson, and when I get a kid to say something, I act like it is something Moses has brought down on the mountain. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I say to him or her, can I quote you? Oh, yes. And write down. And I write it down on a sentence strip in quotation marks 
with their name yes. underneath it. And it goes on oh the wall. Gosh. When I started doing that in my math class and kids were explaining their thinking and I started naming the strategies that kids used after them. And we said, Oh, should we use Reddit? Oh, we do that today? too. Yeah. Should we use Kathy's? Oh, yes. It was, it, it elevated everything. Yes. That is teaching mm-hmm. gold. It yes, elevated absolutely. everything. And it, it really does um, communicate you know, that you value what they're saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we are so excited and we hope that you join us again for our next episode because we have something very special in store for you this coming school year. Our second podcast of every month is going to be around book theme recommendations and we'll be covering a different theme every month and recommending picture books for you to use in your classroom. So the next episode that we are dying for you to tune into is book recommendations to talk and teach about belonging to your students. So we hope that you stay t- you stay tuned and, and join us again for um, our next episode because we'll be talking about belonging, which is such an important conversation to have at the beginning of the school year. So because you teach so hard, we look forward to hearing and seeing from you, seeing you again. Thanks. <laughs>